0: are live. Welcome back to the Strength Connection, guys. It's Michael Kirkowski here. Thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate you taking the time. It's been an awesome week, and I wanted to jump on here on a solo cast here. i got to figure out a name for this. Maybe you guys can give me a name for it. On the mic with Mike? I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But got a lot of things that I've been working through, been going on uh, in my own personal strength journey that I wanted to share some ideas and some thoughts that are going through, as well as recap the episodes that have just been launched this week and the things that I really, I learned kind of some of the bullet points out for it. You know, it's funny Like I know everybody has a different process of how they, you know, start either interviews or, you know, organization of projects or speeches or anything like that. Some people write it all the way out. I've never been a person like that. I don't know if you are, but I feel like if I try and write everything out, then it's like, I'm only just reading through and I'm worried I'm going to make a mistake where in reality, you get some bullet points down and some ideas and you kind of just talk through it as we go. I just, I think that's the best way. Um, I, I don't know if I learned that down the road. Um, but that's kind of how I got this down. So I'm going to recap the episodes and then some stuff that I've been working on. That's been a huge value to me. And it's stuff that I'm continuously exploring right now. And I think it could be some stuff that's really valuable to you as well. So first off, uh, this week we had Menachem Brody on the podcast, as well as Danny Swiat Menachem, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to, uh, from human vortex training. He just came out with a new book, um, strength training for cycling performance. And that was really the way that we connected of getting back on the podcast. We've talked numerous times before on the breakthrough secrets podcast. And then I was on his show, um, a couple different times and it's just, he's one of just the, the tried and true guys of just does not overcomplicate training, is just 100% about results, not about the fancy bullshit that is out there. Um, but his book, uh, he gave me a copy to peruse through, and I read through it, and it is incredible. Um, and not only just the, the detail behind it for cycling, but really endurance sports in general. Uh, he went into a lot of stuff with breath control, with how endurance athletes should train for in-season, uh, out-of-season. So if you're a cyclist, if you're a runner... Um, you know, any type of endurance sport, this is going to be a huge value to you. Uh, I love how he broke it down. He's got the, broke it down to really good sections, the mistakes that most people make of getting into it, which I always think is a big thing to to help people out. It's kind of debunking the things that a lot of people think you need to do. So he started with that. One of the big things that we talked about, though, one of the major takeaways that I got was we talked about RPE, which, uh, it's, you know, stands for Rate of Perceived Exertion. And this is something that is talked about a lot with coaches, talked about a lot in training and, you know, how hard is something on a scale of one to 10? You know, what is that? We kind of talked, it's not very valid for cyclists and he kind of went into some detail about that because cyclists are, you know, known for enduring pain, you know, doing a, doing a cyclocross sport or, um, you know, a cycling race, it is a brutal sport on your body and, you know, on your legs, on your muscle endurance and your, on your cardiovascular, so they're known for pushing hard, and it always came into my mind when I worked with young hockey players. Is hockey players um, as youth? It's like it was crushing out practices. It was it was hitting. It was transitional sports. So your nerve endings, your your mind has to go so fast in a sport like hockey that when these kids got into training, all they wanted to do was do the same stuff. It was just harder, harder, heavier, heavier, push, push, push. So if you ask them, how you feeling? No, 99 out of 100 were saying, I'm fine. I'm good. And they could be dying. They could be almost throwing up in the corner, but they're going to say they're fine. So I think RPE was something that you know, if you're going into and you use, it's a skill of building up just like anything of like, if it's a five out of 10, what does that actually mean? A seven out of 10, what does that actually mean? A nine out of 10 and so on and so forth. That was some deep stuff that we talked about. But again, it was just one of those great conversations of um, just two coaches, just talking shop. And we just went into some details of um, just training about kind of the non-sexy stuff of what to focus on, but how to, just keep that foundational stuff you know in your program at all times. So that was out on Tuesday that's out right now for you guys so please go and take a look at that. And then one that was just released on this Friday was with Danny Sawaya. I was really excited to talk with Danny. I knew of Danny before because he is kind of an OG in the kettlebell world of you know being in the RKC system. I think when we talked, he got into the RKC certification in 2009. I was there in 2010. So I've been doing it for over a decade. So he remembers some of the, you know, the old school training uh, that we did with Pavel and with some of the uh, the early master instructors and team leaders, you know, in our world in there. So we were chatting about that a bit um, off camera. But reason I really wanted to dive in and talk with Danny is because when I talk with Brett, Uh, my coach a while back when I was going through some transitions with uh, my former team of going down from COVID. And we had to transition from going to all in-person stuff into doing stuff from remote, doing Zoom classes, doing on-demand type classes. We tried to pretty much take our entire system. And in a weekend, we got all of our coaches together and we recorded every class that we offered in studio and we put it online so people could still stay on track, stay with their plans, stay with their goals. Even if they only had one kettlebell, one tool at home, they could still get what they needed to and still have that class experience and kind of that sense of community. And we were still trying to work that out. And obviously it was something that we was kind of like a band aid for the short term. We didn't think we were going to be closed down for as long as we did in New York. But um, going back to talking with Brett, I was telling him at one point when we were on a, you know, a check-in call of the things that we were doing, the things that we were trying to you know, stay on track with with our members. And he said, you know, us, we were being very innovative. And then he brought up Danny, who had a gym in Arizona, who transformed his entire indoor 15,000 square foot facility outside with the same layout, the same plant and a lot in the back of their place. Because in Arizona, Danny goes into the details of how they got shut down and then were reopened and then got had to shut down again. And he dove into the details of how he kept everything rolling, how he kept his staff on, how he kept the morale up of the team, and how he was in a really dark place and knew that he could not shut down again. It was going to be very dire consequences for not only his business, but his mental state as well. So he figured out that if they were outside in Arizona, you know, keeping the same social distancing and everything like that, they could still open and operate. So him and his team took all their pieces of equipment, they did a huge layout outside into a lot and kept things rolling. And he got a lot of blowback from some people on that. So some other gym owners saying, Oh, this isn't fair. You need to ask permission, blah, blah, blah. But in the reality, it's like, you know, it was such a great story of not only inspiring, but, you know, being proactive in making decisions to do what you need to do in order to stay afloat and to still thrive. And he said that, you know, not only did they stay open, but they actually matched and I think even were increased their business in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic than they did the year prior from there. So, with all the negative news, with all the shit that we've been hearing so long, it was so great to hear a story of Danny who just had an inspiring message of saying, We're not going to let this get us down. We're going to figure out a way to keep our staff strong and employed, keep our members healthy and strong. And with a lot of elbow grease rolling up their sleeves and getting stuff done, he did it and you could tell even sue he 's so humble about it like it wasn't like a braggadocious type thing, but it was a a true lesson of leadership of talking with Danny and uh you know from him being an s f g team leader and getting into this you know getting into his origin story of getting into um Health and fitness from leaving a high-powered, high-salary job with a new baby to going to fold towels at a gym and worked his way up from there uh, is just an. It's great to talk to a guy like Danny, and it's great to know that there's people out there that are really pushing like that. So that one is out now for you guys too. Please go back and listen to that one. Um, I was <laughs> I was just like in awe halfway through the time. I was just like, dude, you're just so freaking inspiring. It was great. So those are out there now, and um, the big thing that happened going into this week is. I wrote about this, if you, if you read my content, if you're on my email list, then you probably heard this before, but the main thing that I've been you know, looking and searching is how your physical strength training and all the work that you do for building strength in our physical body can help us mentally and help us spiritually as well. You know, It's kind of one of those things that we use that saying a lot, You know, mind-body connection, mind-body-spirit connection, and it's one of those cliches that it sounds really good, but nobody actually understands what that means. Like, and it's not something that we actually take account, like, oh, like, yeah, I'm feeling very mentally sharp and stuff. Okay, how? How is your physical training helping in that? So that's something I'm trying to be really in tune with. And it really started this past Monday where, you know, as you know, many I've talked with before, you know, I'm on a plan. I have a target to achieve sinister, you know, in the strong first world. It is a test and a challenge of swings and get ups where you have to achieve. 10 one-hand swings with a 48K every 30 seconds. You do that for five minutes. They have to be chest tight, so they have to hit a standard of swing, so you have to have a really good leg drive, really good lung capacity. Then you get a minute rest, and then you're doing on-the-minute uh, get-ups after that with the same 48K bell. It's a super challenging uh, task. It's been something I've been working on for a while and I've done through a lot of plans and a lot of programs to get to, and I've, I've seen progress. I've made incremental steps going forward, but also in getting to... The work that I've been doing with biofeedback and intuitive training, I've kind of thought at the same time, like I'm following these programs. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. And that was almost a point of pride for me for a long time where I can follow a program to a T. If my coach or someone says, follow this down, I can prioritize and I can get that shit done. Um, You know, it's something that I can put feelings, put emotions aside and get what I need to done. Um, And, you know, there's a discipline factor of that. I think that's something that needs to be built up, but it's not the end all solution, you know, to getting to the goals and the targets that we need to get into. A lot of times of wanting to achieve the full capacity and the full capabilities of what we can do is we got to look besides just the program that we're doing. So trusting intuition, getting into muscle testing, that has been something that I've been, Kind of playing with back and forth, and after last week, I talked to a good friend of mine, Tori. I had a, almost a two-hour massage because my body needed it, and I kind of took the past weekend to recover. Uh, did some light training, but didn't really want to push it. Let my body just kind of, you know, absorb all of the the rest and recovery that I had from the from the massage. And went into Monday training, being like, all right, I'm going to test my different movements. I'm going to do it with a toe touch test and see what my body is telling me that I need to do. So, in the plan, in the program that I was supposed to do, I was going to do a heavy two hand uh, swing day. That was going to be my exercise that I was going to be focusing on for the day. So, I got into training and I did a toe touch test, kind of saw where I was at, felt a little bit stiff in my hamstrings and in my back, but I'm like, okay. So, I mimicked a swing pattern. And then I went back to test it and it did not move an inch. Like I felt just as tight. I felt maybe even a little bit, excuse me, a little bit tighter as I was getting into training. And I'm like, okay. So actually in my head, I was like, all right, that's, that should be a sign that I shouldn't swing that day. But in my head, I'm still like, I need to follow the plan. I retested my swing pattern again. Like maybe I could do this again. Still the same type of thing. I'm like, all right, well, let me test some other movements. I tested overhead, just mimicking overhead presses. That felt a little bit better. Then I mimicked a snatch pattern. That felt actually amazing. I saw a good like three-inch difference on my toe touch, and it felt so much smoother and easier going down into that. I haven't snatched in a long time doing kettlebell snatches, and I was like, all right, well, maybe my body still needs some recovery. Maybe it's not into a heavy swing-based work. So I did a snatch workout. The rest of that day afterwards, it's, you know, I did 24k, you know, snatch, it wasn't crazy heavy. I've done that a million and a half times before, but finished, you know, broke a little bit of a sweat, but felt really good. Just kind of like a jolt of energy at the end of the session. What I found though, is the rest of the day is, you know, went for a long walk, um, had a lot of creative ideas coming up and a lot of times some ideas will pop up, but then I'll forget about them or they'll kind of get a little bit foggy or they'll kind of bring me down a rabbit hole and I forget where I was. I was so mentally sharp. I was taking notes as I was going for a walk, started to create some new ideas of things I wanted to write about, things I wanted to produce and to start delivering. I got back. Every conversation that I had that day, I felt very sharp. My listening skills, my active listening skills were very in tune. So all in all, the day from physical training into all the mental work and the the spiritual side, the look for a higher purpose, all that type of stuff felt very in tune, felt very connected. Of what I was doing for the day. So I started to think, I was like, okay, I'm like, this is something that I need to, that I need to work with. Like, so I'm just, I'm going to trust this process. Okay. Like maybe swings are on the docket, maybe get ups are on the docket, maybe for that plan, that's what it says I'm supposed to do for that day. But I'm going to go into every single day asking my body what it needs to do. Okay. Just to trust the process. Sure enough, the next day, even the day after that, Still went into a swing pattern. My body was still not telling me that's what I needed to do, you know, and this is weird. this might sound very woo woo kind of like almost like, um, a little out there if you haven't heard me speak about this before, but I'm telling you, this is a bio, this is biofeedback. This was exactly, I was going into a toe chutz. I did the swing pattern and it did not move. My body was telling me, dude, stop. No, it's not there today. Went back into a snatch pattern. That felt great again. It's re- it's very, it's it's still something that I am really exploring and working with a lot. It's been a huge help of talking with, you know, people like Adam Glass and Frankie Ferris. I have Dave Whitley that's coming back on the podcast next week that'll be delivering out for you guys. Um, and we're talking a lot about this. But it is it, there is some serious truth to it in it, and the rest of this week, I have done that exact same thing of just asking my body what it needs to do, still pushing, still getting good workouts and feeling stronger physically, but mentally sharp, the activities the the capabilities of what I want to do throughout the day that has all been very strong as well okay so I bring this up is because It's very, it's very good. I think analytics and I think writing down and following a plan and a program is a very good thing to do. I think if it's something new, if it's something that you're just getting into, following a schedule, following a plan, building that discipline up to get that down is a very important thing to do. However, there gets to a point, you know, maybe it's sooner, maybe it's later, that you have to build these intuitive skills as well. You have to know how to create and play inside that program that you're doing. You can't just follow it to a T, okay? There's a million programs out there, okay? They all have good intentions, but to fully get, and the term I've, because I, I can't even think of another term for it right now, the best thing I could say is it's complete strength. To get the complete strength benefits that we're looking for, where we're strong in our body, we're strong in our mind, we're strong in our spirit, we're strong in our emotions, all those things that we want you know, to do, and it's, it's stuff that we say all the time, But it's hard to actually like prove how, you know, how it's working for us if we don't actually get some data down. Getting that intuition and building some intuitive skills to trust your gut and then go back and see how it is working. I think that's a huge, huge point that we need to do. So is it good to follow a program? Is it not good to follow a program? Okay, I can make a great debate and probably a two hour long podcast on both sides of that and just debate it back and forth but that just doesn't get us anywhere. It lies somewhere in the middle. Okay. It's having a plan. It's having a program to follow, but using that and creating it as a framework, there has to be intuition in there as well. Okay. If you don't build that skill up, then you're just very good at following programs. Okay. And you'll get some benefit out of that, but you'll never fully get the benefits that you're looking for. And that's some of the struggles that I've seen with people getting into goal setting. And this has been a uh, question that I've had in my mind a lot about how to properly goal set. Is goal setting good? Do we not need to have goals? Like all that type of shit. And again, it's somewhere kind of that lies in the middle. I think it is, yes, it's good to have goals. We need to have targets that we're aiming at from there. But It's also, it's, so it's having a plan that you can follow, but then knowing how to create it around who you are, around what's best for you, what's best for your body of going in because your body is changing every day. Our mindset is changing every day. It's being in tune with what those, you know, things are that give us the complete benefits that we're looking for. You know, I'm a huge base. I'm a huge baseball fan and it's an interesting sport to follow right now because, for years and years, it was all about intuition, right? I think there's a great there's a great movie about that. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. I forget the name. Trouble with a Curve. I think that's what it's called. Um, I'll have to look that up afterwards. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, though. If you haven't seen that movie, it's a good movie. It's um, not one of the best Clint Eastwood movies ever, but it's interesting. I think he play, plays an old baseball scout that is kind of just goes by sound goes by feel when he's scouting he has been doing it forever. And then these new hotshot guys are coming in and everything's about analytics. You know, it's like, he can do this, he can do this spin rate, bat speed, all this stuff where in the reality, he says that he hears it, you know, in his mind, he's just kind of the old school guy. And it's kind of like that. It's, you know, It's a, it's a cute movie. It's a decent movie, but I think it's, it kind of has a good, um, it has a good message of going on in here. It's like, you need to, you can have all the analytics in the world. You can all the programs out that can predict where you need to go. But having that intuition and knowing that thing, like as an old baseball scout, like he can, he can hear it. He can hear the sound of the mitt. He can hear when the bat hits the. Uh, hits the ball, you know, when the ball hits the mitt, all those little things that he's just heard for so long. He built the skill of intuition up in it. That's what made him such a good scout. There's there's good points to both of them. I think we need to have both of them in there, you know, and it's it kills me in baseball because I'm a huge Yankee fan, and I saw that a couple years ago. We were so geared up to make a run into the World Series, and then our manager looks so much at analytics and not playing for the game right there that we eventually lost it. I'm, I'm not even going to go down that path with you guys. Um, but the, the question I would, I would ask and what I'm asking myself and what I'm working with, and I think this is something that you could utilize as well is how can you tell that your strength training is improving your mental and your spiritual strength as well? You know, what's a biomarker? What is a, what's something that you can put in there? You know, for me, it's, you know, going through my list. It's how quickly I'm getting writing, uh, writing content out. It's how sharp my mind is, how key, how that flow state, how much I'm staying in that present state, how much I'm staying in that high performance, that flow state throughout the day, you know, how keep, how I can keep that as natural as possible. Those are the things that I'm looking at because I know that the right physical training and listening to your body it is going to impact and it's going to benefit your mental side. It's going to benefit the spiritual side, the emotional side of what we're doing too. And that's something that we all want. That's something that we're all striving for. Even if it's not like, you know, in the forefront of our mind all the time, obviously if you're more mentally sharp, if you're more, you know, in tune with your spiritual side and your emotional side, and you have that under control and it's feeling really good, it's going to feel better. You know, it's just, it brings more joy into our life. It brings more happiness. And that's why we're, that's why we're doing this. That's why you follow a strength training plan and a routine. That's why you keep a focus on this is to benefit you in your entire life, you know? And it's something that I think with physical training, we say it a lot, like, oh, it helps you mentally sharp. You know, going through adversity in the the physical side of it will help you mentally at the same time. I get it, I understand that, but don't just say it, like prove it to yourself as well. You know, keep that sharp. So um, as you go into your training, as you go into your strength training, take a look at that, you know? just be aware of how mentally sharp you are. You know, if there's the fogginess is starting to clear up a little bit. If it is, then you, then you think you're doing the right things that are good for you. If it's not, that might be a time to check back with your program and see if you need to be a little bit more intuitive and build that up at the same time. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting journey of getting into this. You know, it's going to be something I'm going to be documenting and recording for a while. I'm seeing huge benefits in the physical side of it but now I'm starting to get really in tune with the mental side of it too. And that's a, you know, for lack of a better term, it's used so much, but it's a game changer, you know, from there. So, you know, I'm going to leave you guys there at that. So appreciate you listening guys. Uh, Please go back and take a look and listen to Menachem and Danny. It was absolutely a blast having them on. I appreciate their time so much. I appreciate your time guys. Um, And uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the next side. See ya. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you came away with great stories and insights that you can use to create more strength and success in your life. Remember now for a time, you can grab a free copy of the One Day Strength Challenge, the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training along with the skill of intuition to help you create, design, and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule. Just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com and grab your free copy today. It's your life. Make it the strongest possible. Catch you guys later.